You're listening to Seattle Sports Saturday with Lydia Cruz, Curtis Rogers, and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle. You've missed any of the first two hours of Seattle Sports Saturday. Make sure you check the podcast page, 710sports.com. Or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. You can also watch on the new stream. Yeah. On 710sports.com, on YouTube.com, Twitch.tv. We've got a new app, which is also still being worked on, so... Plenty of ways. Plenty of ways to consume the content that you desire. (laughs) There's no excuse. Well, actually, there are plenty of excuses, but (laughs) we understand. But yeah, make sure you download that podcast. Five stars only. Mm -hmm. Reviews. (laughs) Leave us a review. Uh, In this hour, we'll get you updated on the Dragons Roughnecks game. That is about to be underway uh, in the city of Houston. B.J. Daniels is confirmed as the starting quarterback today. Uh, Brandon Silver's inactive. He will not be playing today for the Dragons, which means Keenan nope. Reynolds, probably the backup quarterback. Uh, who Speaking of a little like uh, Taysom Hill action, yeah. you know? Run the wing T out there? Go. Hey, that's, that's, you're that's, speaking my language. That, that, that would be language. Oh. Taylor, our wing T insider. I'm an aficionado, <laughs> as you could say. As a wide receiver in the wing T system, I know much about the wing T. Let's go. Yeah, we will get you updates on the Dragons Roughneck scheme as it uh Unfolds, And then also coming up at the top of the next hour, it'll be Mariners pregame as they take on the Oakland A's in Cactus League action. So lots and lots of Seattle sports going on. I guess that's why they call it Seattle Sports Saturday. <laughs> Looks like they were on to something <laughs> coming up uh, with that name. So we'll get all of that coming your way here in this hour. But uh, the Seahawks right now, they are just 11 days away from NFL free agency. I know this is going to be the place to be as free agency uh, continues to unfold, we've got you know Danny O'Neill, Jim Moore, John Clayton, Stacy Rust, uh, our you know everybody writing for the website. Uh, we've got you know John Clayton ten to noon. I believe we're gonna you know come up with some some special free agency stuff throughout. How about this news? Steve Levy, according to our Brandon, our very own Brandon Gustafson, talking about the online team. Said on the broadcast, Steve Levy announcing the Seahawks have personnel at the Dragons' roughneck game to specifically scout quarterback P.J. Walker. I like that. Dude, just I like that. We're comparing him to Russell it. Wilson. So you may be having the, uh, seeing an XFL, a hint of the XFL even here when the NFL season starts to roll around. So, I do like, you know, a lot of, we have a lot of guys with uh, great initials that have had great success here. Yep. D.K., K.J., PJ? I know. Mm, Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, that's a possibility. I'm all for that possibility. Yeah. Um, I'm also for the possibility of the Seahawks adding a pass rusher in addition to PJ Walker, if that does come to fruition. But right now there are two names that are head and shoulders above the rest when it comes to Seahawks having interest in them. You've got the devil you know in Jadevian Clowney, the devil you don't know in Unique Ngakwe, but... Ngakwe has been very productive in his four seasons in Jacksonville, just as Clowney has been very productive in his five years in the NFL, split between Houston and Seattle. Unique probably showing up more in the actual stats column when it comes to those sacks. And Clowney sometimes not so much. No, but 
Clowney's impact very much felt in other areas. If you look at the advanced metrics, then Clowney really jumps off the page. The amount of times that he's been double teamed and still I believe he's double teamed more than any edge rusher in the league. And still uh, found a way to make an impact, so impressive. But how much interest do the Seahawks have in Yannick Ngakwe? Well, Tony Pauline of ProFootballNetwork.com, he joined Danny and Gallant on Friday of this week talking about the level of interest the Seahawks have in the pass rusher. Here's what he had to say. Well, if he hits the open market, they are definitely interested. And, you know, as we've seen in the past, uh, they are not afraid to wheel and deal, especially on the defensive line. uh, uh, Getting Clowney last year, the trade right before the draft to Kansas City. So, you know, they're open to that. And I'm told, you know, if he hits the open market, which I would expect he's going to do because – uh, you know, Jacksonville is in a position of strength as far as their pass rushers are concerned. They need some defensive tackles. They they want to win now. They also need a few uh, pieces on offense. So I would expect him to be available. And I think Seattle is going to be one of the teams that's very active in trying, or I was told at least, that they would be interested in uh, trading for him if he becomes available. I think the Seahawks are going to be interested in just about every pass rusher whether it be in Gakwe or maybe guys not on that level, the Dante Fowlers of the world. Dante Fowler's a really interesting prospect, too. We, this, we, we were intended to talk more about these two options, but Dante Fowler had a breakout season last year with the Rams and looks like with all that they've leveraged and where they are in terms of their cap, that he might become a casualty of that. Sean McVay said at the end of the season he's become really integral to what they're doing and by many marks, maybe the third best defensive player on that team, but a lot of his stats, second best on that team. Will they be able to keep him at his price? He could be a slightly more affordable option that has plenty of familiarity in this division and what it takes to be successful. I think if you are, as at the end of the day, one guy is not enough. One guy will not be enough. And he could be one that gives you some flexibility to add elsewhere. Yeah, and and you look at, the uh, available pass rushers out there, we talked about Irvin and Bennett, too. They're available. Uh, Ngakwe would be available via trade. There are other pass rushers, too, that will get franchise tagged here over the next couple of days. I think Matthew Judon of Baltimore, Shaq Barrett of Tampa Bay, those are other guys that are likely to receive the franchise tag. With so many of these pass rushers getting franchised and you know you've got the price tag, you're going to have to trade these guys plus pay a lot for them. Taylor, when you look at that and how the pass rushing market is kind of drying up a little bit, does that concern you that Clowney's price tag will get to a point where he's kind of able to to name his price? Yeah, I mean, it feels like that's exactly where we're heading right now with Clowney and that some of this positioning with trading and the actual uh, – availability of some of these other pass rushers, I think, you know, as a play to try and affect value. But I, I truly think that Clowney, when he, when things open up in 11 days, that he will be the market setter, that he will again, reset this market. And, you know, you're going to have to get into this, this spot where you're the Seahawks, where you have to decide, you know, can you afford to overpay and get someone? Cause like you said, Lydia, Clowney alone will not be enough, and he is such an impact and is so great. But like we saw last year, they just weren't able to get enough pressure on the quarterback. 
You saw their sack numbers were down, just total pressure numbers down. So can they afford to swing it? Yes, but it's going to be real tight in some other places, and you may have to make sacrifices in other places too. And some names that you're used to and recognize may not be playing here if overpaying for Clowney and signing someone else is the path you want to go down. Joe Fan of NBC Sports was on with Bob Devin Moore this week, and he put a poll out on Twitter, which I thought was really interesting, asking fans what the price tag is for Jadevian Clowney, what they'd be willing to pay. Mm. And it was really split. A lot of people like $18 million to the $20 million range, some people like 20 to 22 mm-hmm. and then basically 22 or above or a blank check so to speak. And what did Joe think that, where would he vote in that poll? Well, he said he'd pretty much give them a blank check. I would definitely be siding with the 16% of people or 17% of people who are 22 million or higher all the way up to a blank check, because I think there's just too many people who are so stuck on three sack. Um, You know, you look at every advanced metric and, and you know, it just, Javion Clowney is the most disruptive player in the league at that spot. And then there's just not many guys who are true three down players and dominant against the, you know, the pass and the run. I mean, you saw so many plays where he's just blowing up running plays in the backfield. He's creating sacks for other guys. I mean, I've, I've told you guys a number of times the the week 10 game against the Niners alone is deserving of, of whatever he's asking in a contract. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with Joe. I, I think Jadevian Clowney is an incredible player uh, that if you if you have him on your team, you do everything you can to keep him around. Like those players, don't just grow on trees. You can't just go out to your backyard and get another Jadevian Clowney to fill in. Uh, if you do move on from, him. I mean, you look at Houston this last year; their pass rush wasn't the same without him, mm-hmm. even though he was playing out of position uh, with the Texans for his first four years of his career. Um, but I look at at you know the market though. Unfortunately, I don't know if the Seahawks have the same mindset that Joe does in that, that they would be willing to do whatever it takes to keep him there. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, who uh, at the Combine had heard that Clowney and the Seahawks, or the Seahawks were kind of in that 18 to $20 million range. Uh, he joined John Clayton this week and explained a little bit about that. You know, the, the rumors of getting $25 million a year, that's probably not going to happen. I think more like 18 to twenty would be the sweet spot. Um, so, yeah, Seattle's going to put their best foot forward and try to get them. I, I think there'll be at least two teams that will push for them. You know, you heard a lot of Colts and a lot of Titans as uh, two teams that, that Clowney and his camp expect to be involved. So we'll see where that goes. 18 to $20 million, that's a little more palatable, but I, I don't know if Clowney's going to settle for that. I really don't. Because this is a guy who's going to be – far and away the best guy available on the free agent market. He's got no franchise tag. He can negotiate with whoever he wants to. If he gets a contract offer for $22, 23000000 million and it's coming from a team that's not the Seahawks, I'd be shocked if he comes back to Seattle. One of Joe Fan's points, too, that I thought was interesting, though, was like GMs are so great at manipulating these deals and restructuring these deals so that they can make it work with their cap space year to year. And he doesn't see that, especially in Seattle, John Schneider's been pretty great at that. So he doesn't see that as a significant hang-up for them, that you should be deterred by those extra couple of million dollars. And not only 
there there is that entire element. And then let's take into account, let's say Clowney leaves and he takes the $24 million elsewhere, right? That's going to shift the market back up. So the the strategy of Seahawks letting him walk and trying to get two players for a little bit cheaper. Well, you also got to think about that cheaper rate might be going up because of Clowney as well. And that number might go up a couple more million and it may be a little bit more difficult to sign the two people you thought you were going to sign because of the contract Clowney may sign. So there's an impact not only if he signs here, but also if he doesn't sign. And for how much does he not sign here for and the fallout of all of that as well. You're going to end up overpaying in some regard at yeah. some point just because of where that position is going. It's just simply where do you want to do it? Yep. It's just how free agency works. And the Seahawks may have to make some uncomfortable decisions when it comes to their cap or – Maybe they make some decisions that sets them up for a nice little run in 2020. But coming up next, Pac-12 basketball right now, it is as wide open as it has ever been. Is there anyone that stands out above the rest? And could the Huskies, of all teams, the four-win in-conference play Huskies, could they actually weave their way through this Pac-12 tournament? Sounds absurd, but we get into it next here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Lydia Cruz, Curtis Rogers, and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Update from the Dragons game. 0-0 right now. Dragons had the ball after forcing a a three and out from Houston. B.J. Daniels nearly completed a pretty long pass, but uh, they come up dry on that one. So it's 0-0 right now, seven minutes to play in the first quarter between the Dragons and Houston Roughnecks. Uh, P.J. Walker, 2 of 5 for Houston, 40%. Uh, but as Brandon Gustafson of 710sports.com noted, Steve Levy on the broadcast of ESPN said that the Seahawks have uh, some representation there looking at P.J. Walker. So Don't hate it. Ah, I'm, I'm all for You'll that. You'd love to see it. Yeah, they they need a backup, that's for sure. And if you can get someone like him, he's if you've been watching any XFL games, you can see the impact he's had on his team and his style of play reminiscent of one number 3 here in Seattle. So, uh wouldn't wouldn't object to having a guy like that on the other side also helping scout team. We we rarely talk about those scout team all-stars, but you know, what type of an impact you know, Marcus Mariota had an impact on the Titans because he was running scout team and was able to help them prepare for guys like Lamar Jackson. So who knows what type of an impact PJ could have on a scout team. So Scout team all-stars, like Jake Heaps. Heck yeah. That's, yeah. that's our scout team all-star. Yeah, right he is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we will keep you updated and posted on the Dragons Roughnecks game as it continues. Uh, you can catch that on ABC right now. Um But right now in college basketball, some conferences have begun their conference tournament plays. Uh, We talked a little bit in the Big Three in the 10 o'clock hour. Uh, Already saw Northern Iowa's bubble get burst. San Diego State had a a rough go of it last night, but they were able to squeak out a victory against Boise State. The Pac-12 tournament, uh, today is the final day of the regular season. Uh, Everybody sort of jockeying for position. The Huskies know where they're going to be in the tournament. They're going to be playing in that very first game uh, against the number 5 seeded team, but we don't know who the number 5 seed is going to be. There are a lot of, of potential teams that could fall into that number 5 seed. Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and USC all have the same record right now at 10-7 and seven and could 
fall anywhere between the three and about the six seed. Um, so a lot of options for the Huskies in that first game. But you look at the state of the Pac-12 this season, and Joe Lenardi's got seven Pac-12 teams in his tournament, so that's good. But of those seven, it doesn't feel like any of them stand out above the rest. It's just seven teams that are kind of in the middle of college basketball right now. Yeah, it's like a lot of uh, quantity, not a lot of quality, uh, especially at the top. Uh, Oregon, I think, is the best team. UCLA may still win the number one seed and, and win that, but I think Oregon's roster and their coaching staff, I think total package, Oregon is the team that could make that run, but... Even so, I don't know how deep they can go in the tournament. We've seen them falter this season and not look great. Um, Colorado's similar, that they've been a team that's kind of looked great, but their their losses have been bad, and resume builders haven't necessarily been there when they needed them. So, And then you have a team like Arizona, right? This heritage program that is such a, a college basketball powerhouse. And UCLA is the same thing, and they're sort of going through their new – growth and new system and and trying to get the uh, uh, reestablish rather their their footing in this conference so it's a super interesting time for Pac-12 basketball and almost this really liquid time where things are not solid and everything's moving around and trying to find form heading into March the end of March do you think that Pac-12, though, that's a microcosm of what's going on in college basketball this year. I think I heard Jay Billis talking about this earlier this week where it just it, this year feels different. You've had so many upsets and just so many questions. And maybe he said that we're also just on a post Zion Williamson sort of hangover where there aren't the same level of star players, it seems like, as there were last year. But that also, to me, seems kind of indicative of what's going on in college basketball as a whole. Yeah, just looking at the top 10 teams right now in the AP Top 25, you're always used to seeing the Dukes, the North Carolinas, the Syracuses, all those blue blood schools at the very top. But right now I look at it, obviously Kansas, the number one team in the country, the unanimous number one. (laughs) Shout out to you, Jayhawks. They're a blue blood school. But outside of them in the top 10, Gonzaga, I would not consider them a blue blood. They are a, a perennial contender. Dayton, certainly not that. Baylor, definitely not. San Diego State, no way. Kentucky, yes, they're a blue blood school. They're number six, but they lost to yeah. Evansville earlier this year, who is 0-18 in Missouri Valley play, and they fired their head coach at some point. And too. currently down 10 to Florida with, uh, let's see, about 14 minutes left in the second quarter. So they could – Kentucky is all over the place. You don't know what you're going to And then you keep going down, Curtis, like Florida State, not Seton traditionally. Hall. Seton Hall, like not these. Maryland was sort of in the early 2000s, but, you know, they've been sort of up and down as far as a program goes. So you're right. And they're even at the top, right? You look at Kansas, you look at uh, Gonzaga and Baylor and Dayton. None of those four are terrifying. Yeah, they've had mysterious losses this year, even Gonzaga, too, in that category. Yeah, Yeah. and there's just no team that jumps out anywhere. You look at the Pac-12 and and the tournament that starts next week, I believe it's next Wednesday on the 11th uh, in Las Vegas, which, by the way, moving the tournament to Las Vegas, the best thing that Larry Scott has ever done for this conference, and it's not even close. We'll give you that, Larry. Yeah, we will give you that. Uh, Broken clock. 
It's right twice a day. Right. And we don't even know for sure if it was exactly his idea. Right. No. But, hey, the clock said, you know, 1125. It was 1125. Looking at last year's tournament, Oregon came away with the conference championship, and they were in the situation that, not the exact situation the Huskies find themselves in or the Cougs for that matter, but they did have to play four games in four nights to come away with the conference tournament championship. And really, that was probably their only way of getting into the tournament because they made it as a number 12 seed. Um, this year, Washington, they've got the talent. They just beat ASU on Thursday night, an ASU team that people do have in the NCAA tournament field. I mean, is it out of the question to say that the Huskies could go on a run? So you're saying there's a chance. Curtis. I've been a very huge Husky critic this season. Curtis. I was one of the, the the people out there that was not totally sold on them from the get-go. Oh, we remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but also, I mean, it's going to take have, a lot. It's going to take yes. a Herculean, Herculean effort from McDaniel's and Stewart and some of the other key pieces. There, they're going to have to really play above their baseball, quote unquote, baseball card that they've been playing to this season. Because, you mean you're right, Curtis. They have two essentially lottery level talents on this team, and. I don't think there's any other team close to having those two type of talents on their team in this conference. So, but just getting them to play together, it's been such a grind and such a struggle. And evidence leads me to believe it would be too big of a task to ask of this team and the way they've played. But recently, they have been playing better basketball. They've been finding a way to get McDaniels to play better and not make those silly fouls like he made at the beginning of the year. That and most of their games this year, they've been in. They yeah, haven't. They been have really... a positive point differential in conference because play. also right. some of those wins they've won by like thirty points. Yep. So they've been a very mystifying team. It would take yes, them firing on all cylinders and being that team that beat Baylor at the beginning of the season. You're without Quade Green, but. You definitely have the talent. It's can you find that chemistry yeah. and in you those need the big depth. moments. You need the depth. True. In March and April, your basketball team goes with the depth and your bench. If your bench can step up and truly be a spark and let your starters get that rest so they can come out and make the impact when they're out there for the minutes that they're out there, 100% you need to rely on that depth. And we're going to find out how deep this UW team is and, and what what the depth truly will look like. Because without Quade Green... Again, the guy that they were having play that sort of sixth-man type role and coming off the bench and being that different sort of scoring spark. They haven't had it for a while, and they had to adjust, and it took them a while to, I think, to get back onto the tracks. But this is it. This is go time. And if they're going to make this season worth anything, and it's not going to be something that just gets forgotten into history, they got to turn it on right now. I think tonight will tell us a lot about this Husky team if and their chances in Las Vegas because if they're able to hang with Arizona, a team that when they're clicking on all cylinders can look like the best team in the conference, I think that could give Washington a little bit of confidence heading into Vegas. Obviously, the task at hand is going to be gargantuan, and they, they would have to win as many games in four nights as they've won all year in the Pac-12. Yeah. But it's March. 
It's madness. Right. It's all these things. Uh, Weirder things have happened with less talented teams. True. Let's not forget that. (laughs) Um, Before we go to break, Taylor, you did mention uh, that Kentucky score. They're down 11 to Florida. John Calipari just got ejected. Oh, Whoa. all right. Things are going great. For, it's happening. For big How about BJ Daniels? Ayo. Keeper touchdown. How about it. Six nothing. The Dragons up. Going on for it on fourth and goal. That's, that's Go what you like to see. Go for three. Always do it. Always do it. Put, put your foot on their necks. Go for three. Coming up in, uh, we got well, about a half hour, or 15 minutes from now, we got our shout outs. Oh, including text a, Yes, including a very special one, a significant one. For this show, this mm-hmm. very show right here. Uh, but coming up next, we get you set for today's Mariner game. Take a look at uh, what lineup we've got out there. And then also the pitching staff continuing to show good signs. We get into all of that coming up next on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Lydia Cruz, Curtis Rogers, and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Dragons and the Roughnecks going on right now in Houston. It is six nothing Dragons as we near the end of the first quarter. Houston's got the ball. BJ Daniels three of five, sixty percent completion percentage. Yeah, rushing touchdown, five rushing attempts, seventeen yards, including that score. Need this win. Got to keep uh, scoring points and keeping them off the board. Well, you also got to keep pace in the playoff. Yeah, chases. exactly. We near the midway point of the season, uh, as Houston is very much in control of the Dragons Conference in the XFL. But we will keep you posted as that game continues to roll along. Uh, but later, well, in about twenty-five minutes from now, we got mm. Mariner baseball coming your yeah, way we do. right here on seven ten ESPN Seattle and. Today it looks like they are going to be going with a bullpen day. Zach Groats getting the start. He uh, very much a relief pitcher going up against Jesus Luzardo, top prospect for the A's. That's who's getting the uh, start today for Oakland. But you look at the starting rotation lies ahead for the Mariners. Justice Sheffield tomorrow going up against the Giants. Taiwan Walker on Monday against the Brewers. I think those are going to be two really big starts for those guys because obviously Sheffield's going to be in this rotation. I mm-hmm. think there's there's very little that he can do that would change that opinion. Taiwan Walker's got an opportunity here to not just change the course of his career, but really show the Mariners that they could have something in him. And I think the freedom that he has pitched with so far in spring, even though he's only pitched in a sim game and and whatnot, it is a stark contrast to what we saw from him his first time around because he was a guy that continually you could see press out on the mound. He was a guy that was just not somebody that, you know, he had good numbers here. He had good, really good strikeout numbers. But in big situations, that was somebody that you could tell it was going to get away from him. Yeah, and baseball is such a mental sport. Not to, that any of the other sports aren't a mental game, but baseball requires so much mental fortitude and strength. And, you know, a lot of times you're going up in these one-on-one matchups, a pitcher and a, and a, and a hitter, and then, you know, then you're also dealing with situations of how am I going to field this ball and, and sort of control the defense versus 
the base runner and what he's going to do. So there are so many elements that go into it. And you're right. If you're pressing, if you're not in the right spot, it's going to affect your game. And we saw that with Taiwan Walker early in his career. We saw it with him in Arizona. And now he comes back to Seattle. The pressure's off. He doesn't have to be that guy. If you get something out of him, that's awesome. And if you don't, you're not going to lose that much money or sleep or or anything over Taiwan not achieving sort of the expectations. But if he exceeds those expectations and he can truly be a part of this rotation and help this team for the next couple of years get to a spot where they're competing for the playoffs, I mean, that's that's what you want your team to be built on, right? Young core, but these players proving something and going out and essentially helping by overachieving and pushing your team forward. Yeah, and Walker coming off the injuries, he's got a, an opportunity to really establish himself with this Mariners team. Last night, you know, another guy that has had his fair share of injuries in his career. Uh, we're talking Kyle Lewis. Mm-hmm. And last year he played his 18 games and was a force at the plate. I believe he set the major league record for most home runs in a person's ten first 10 games in their career. Last night, getting another opportunity to play, and he came up huge. And he came up. Really this is hammered. There this is. has got a chance to go. Thomas back. He leaps. It is gone. Grand slam into the bullpen. Kyle Lewis drives it out of here the other way. The Mariner fans here making some noise as Lewis stomps on home plate, and the Mariners have taken the lead in a big way. Opposite field home run, too. You'd love to see it. I saw it. On Twitter last night, and forgive me for who tweeted this out, but uh, they quote tweeted a video of Kyle Lewis's Grand Slam, and they said Kyle Lewis could be the Mariners' George Springer, which that's pretty lofty expectations. But if you look at George Springer's early portion of his career, he was a guy that had plenty of power Mm -hmm. but was not great at making consistent contact. I think he only hit two thirty his first year in the major leagues. Like, if Kyle Lewis can have that kind of trajectory that George Springer has had in his career, because I think Lewis is still very raw. Mm-hmm. He's got the power, no doubt. Yeah. But his ability to make consistent contact is something that is going to be – it's going to be a work in progress. Yeah, like, you, you watch the baseball pop off these guys' bat, and you can tell they have that it factor, right, when it comes to hitting a baseball. But consistency, consistency, consistency. And now is the time – And it's great because Kyle can sort of go up there, find what makes him comfortable, what makes him uncomfortable. This is a time in spring training and heading into next season where the expectations are lower as well, where he can sort of experiment and find his rhythm, find out who he is in the league. And if it is a George Springer, we've seen the sort of similarities and the flashes. It would be great. But also, if he's not quite that player, I still think that's okay and that he can still be a solid if not a very above solid contributor to this Mariners franchise and a building block for this team going forward. And you look at other guys this week that have performed for the Mariners. Jake Fraley, he had a home run last night. Jared Kelnick earlier in the week yep. hit his first Cactus League home run. The Mariners got outfield depth right now, or at least young outfield depth. We're not even talking about Malik Smith, who's like only 26, 27 years old. There's Julio Rodriguez, who's 19 years old. I mean, there are outfielders, you know, that are in this organization that have a, a very high ceiling that is something 
we just have not seen in so long, especially in left field. Like left field has been the biggest turnstile in Mariners organization history. You know, Raul Bonilla is probably the greatest left fielder in, in franchise history, and like he was terrible in the field. Yeah, uh, but you look at this team right now, and there are so many names that you know the casual fan is going to have a hard time drawing a connection with. That's just that's how it is in a rebuild. But there are names on this roster that I look at right now, and I can see them being here in 21 and in 22 and in 23 and 24. And, I mean, you look at today's leadoff hitter, Shed Long, and that's a spot they've had him in consistently here in the spring. And they've pretty much said he's going to be the starting second baseman over D. Gordon. Um, that's a guy who I think they have a lot of high hopes for. Uh, you've also got Cal Raleigh, who's going to be the starting catcher in today's game. He's still probably a year or so away from playing yeah. big league baseball, but a switch hitting catcher with power, I'll take that. And not only that, so you have some of these guys who will make that major league roster, and but then you look at some of these guys who will go back down to the AAA level or, or down to the minor leagues, and that farm system is so vastly different than what it was. Yes. Even last year, that this team actually has a farm system worth something and other teams consider it to be worth something as well. So whether or not they become superstars or become contributors at the major league level, look, that's as good a you have a good a guess as I do, or as even as the scouts do. But this is where you want your team to be. The young pieces coming up and trying to prove themselves. You have these low impact signings like Taiwan Walker, where there's not a lot of financial risk, but a ton of upside. You have some veteran pieces that you might be able to move if they are able to pop. So the Mariners aren't going to win a ton of games, and they're not going to be in that playoff hunt this season, but this is where you want them to be. The striking distance for a team rebuilding, they may even be ahead, of course, about where they should be. You brought up the drastic change the Mariners farm system has had over the last couple of years. Two years ago, 30th in baseball. Yep. And it wasn't even close to number 29. It was undisputed. They were bad. Yes. Really bad. Now I've seen them as high as fourth in the game. Uh, I think MLB.com have them fifth or sixth. Keith Law of The Athletic, who's normally very down on the Mariners. Yes. He is one of their harshest critics. He even had them at 11th, yep. which uh, you know probably was twisting his... That's like a top five finish for anyone else. Like yeah. if, you, if you're in the top 11 <laughs> for Keith Law, that's, he respects you beyond. But for people who look at this rebuild and say, oh, this is just a path to nowhere, well, just those that dramatic transformation in the Mariners' farm system over the last couple of years, that to me is at least something to hang your hat on in this rebuild. Yeah, the results at the major league level have not come to fruition at all yet. We're still and, and, and probably won't. Yeah, and maybe twenty one is probably the likelier year where we start to see progress at the major league level. But that's something that I think Mariners fans can look at and say, "Okay, this is a reason for me to at least start to pay attention to what's going on in this organization." Yeah, and as we get further into the season again, when you're when those call ups come in at the end of the year, and you're going to start to see more of these young pieces and these young names and building blocks that take notice. This is the time to take notice of of things that are to come and. Look, you might even be able to move some of these people and get more pieces back and be able to truly spin this thing forward 
knowing that you have a strong farm system on the way, you have some of these pieces at the major league level, and then you have some of these flux pieces where you might hit, you might not, but you at least have the chance and the opportunity to see some of these things. Text in your shout-outs to the text line 710-710. We wrap things up here on the Seattle Sports Saturday next on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Lydia Cruz, Curtis Rogers, and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Shout-out time here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Always fun to be with you. From 9 to noon every single Saturday. Missed it. I was on vacation. I know. You you spent some time internationally. Yes. Just worldwide over here. That's what they call me. Me and Pitbull. Yeah. Dale. But yeah, you spent some time where? Israel? Israel. Yeah, it was in Tel Aviv. We went to Jordan. Saw Petra, one of the wonders of the world, which was out absolutely breathtaking. Definitely go go it see lives, all It those. lives up to the billing yeah, of being a wonder. Apparently the, uh, the wonders of the world are actually quite wonderful once you hmm. go see them in person. Um, and then Amsterdam which was basically the same weather, but just a very nice, relaxing city. Um, everything was chill and relaxing, and I found myself listening to 710 quite a bit and wanting to find out what was happening with free agency and the start of it and Greg Olson and you know Mariners spring training, Dragons in their first season, Sounders debut, Kraken is potentially mm-hmm. the team name for the NHL team. So there's still a lot. I know it's the slow time and there's not a lot of – concrete news happening in the NFL, but it's an interesting time to be a sports fan here in Seattle. It is. Yeah. We're, we're glad to have you back this yes. week for sure. Thanks for having you know, me back. Yeah. It's, good, it's <laughs> good to good to have you back. Come on in. The water's fine. Ah. Uh, but yeah, it's time for shout outs here on Seattle sports Saturday, as we do every single Seattle sports Saturday. In fact, We've been doing this for exactly one year. Yes, the anniversary uh, was earlier this week. The second was uh, March second was our first show last year. So, uh, man, it's been so much fun to be on air. It's a dream. Uh, we say it every probably every week, but we'll continue to say it that all three of us grew up here in the Seattle area. We're massive fans of the teams here and have been for our whole lives and to be able to talk to you and to each other and have great Seattle sports conversations, whether you're a fan of us or not. It's a dream for the three of us to sit here in front of a microphone and talk to the city of Seattle that, that helped raise us. So the fact Mm -hmm. that we can be a part of your lives and try and return the favor in some slight way. I know we never can, but uh, I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's, it's been just a tremendous year for us as a as a trio, for us as a show, yeah, uh, getting these opportunities, and then also you know being able to be on air during breaking news, and uh, to just be this uh, you know I guess to have this platform is is incredible to have, and uh, I know for all three of us we're incredibly thankful to have this show, uh, you know, sort of our 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 creative allow our creative juices to flow in ways that. Uh, Maybe not getting that opportunity Monday through Friday to do so right. much, but to have you know just this platform. Is, and a little bit great. of a different sound. Look, you get great content Monday through Friday, whether you're waking up at 6 a.m. or you're going to work at 6 p.m. You're going to get some great content if you're tuning in to 710. And we're happy to be a little spice on the side. You know what I mean? Mm. Your dessert, your aperitif, if you will, and... Uh, it's just like I said. It's such a pleasure to talk Seattle sport. It's a, it is truly. I got to pinch myself every time I come on air and 
I'm so excited to talk about these things. And even when we have nothing to talk about and it's a struggle to, to talk about content and there's no Seahawks news, there's no Mariners news, but just being able to, the three of us or the two of us to chat, it's what it's about. So it thank is. you for tuning in. You can do, there's so much to do with your time and who knows how much time you have. So the fact you're spending any of it with us, we're truly, truly grateful. Yeah. Uh, shout out to everybody. Shout out to anybody that's been listening since day one. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a, a our huge, day ones. Yeah, gotta, gotta shout out the day ones. Yes. Uh, we know you're out there. Um, but yeah, my shout out also, in addition to our, our one year anniversary, which, uh, you know, it's still wild to think it feels like we're, we're just starting, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, my, my other shout out this week, uh, going out to all the the nurses and the doctors and, and you know all the health officials in this city of ours that we all love and uh, you know I, there are, we don't know the true severity yep. of this coronavirus. We may never know the true severity of it, but uh, definitely keep those who are working, those who may have been diagnosed with it. Uh, keep them in in your thoughts and prayers, and definitely, uh, you know, it's no one wants to be sick, and you know, we're still it's still very new to us. We're all learning about this uh, this disease going around. Um, so hopefully, you know, there's going to be a lot of answers over yep. the next couple of weeks from those who are in charge. Uh, so shout out uh, to them as they uh, as they deal with this. That you know is probably keeping them up at night and having them work odd hours and be away from their families so much. Uh, so just shout out to them. Yeah. I was going to build on that pharmacists, uh, people working at local food stores, people working at um, just regular jobs that they are completely necessary to their job. So they're not allowed to work from home or do something like that. They're, those people, whether it's a risk or not, are still out there doing their job. So if that's you and you're still out there, whatever you may do, contributing to society, truly tip of the cap to you. Because again, we there's not a lot we know. There's not scientifically been proven. There's no, We don't know a lot other than the numbers of the people who are getting sick and the people who are unfortunately passing away due to this disease or this virus. Um, just... Be thankful to the people when you see them, too. Try and be a little bit nicer when you're out and about. Wash your hands. Take care of yourself. And also think about others in this time because it's most likely not going to be you. You may be getting it from someone or interacting with someone else who's sick. So make sure you're taking care of yourself and being nice to others. And I think that will that'll spread the thing we want to spread, which is kindness. That's the best kind of Yep, thing to spread. Uh, before we head out, uh, just a score update from the Dragons Woo! Roughnecks game. Dragons up 14 nothing on Houston. That's Trey a two, Williams. Two-point conversion it looks like we got, too. Yes, so uh, Trey Williams with a rushing touchdown, and Dragons are up 14 nothing. 9-22 left in that one. Uh, we will. We got Mariners baseball coming up uh, at the top of the hour. They take on the Oakland A's today. Zach Groats, it's a bullpen day for the Mariners. Shed Longbat leadoff. Kyle Seeger in the lineup. Tom Murphy. A lot of good, a lot of names uh, in today's lineup. So lots to get to this afternoon. We've also got Huskies Arizona coming up later today. Uh, so we will get out of your way right here. Uh, that's going to do it for us, for Lydia Cruz and Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. If you miss any of this show, 
Make sure you're downloading it on the podcast page, 710sports.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts. And you know we are going to be right back here next week, same time, same place on 710 ESPN Seattle.